Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. I remind you, support of the Locked On SEC Football Podcast comes from Manscaped, number one in men's below the belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision engineered tools. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at manscaped.com. That's 20% off uh, manscaped.com with the promo code Locked On. He's Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. Go to that website to learn more about the NFL college and recruiting. It is game week, week zero, Florida, Miami, and uh, obviously a, a monster matchup. Looking forward to getting the season started. And I want to start with talking about uh, the University of Florida, then give our Gator listeners a, a preview of what they can expect out of Miami. Let's start with Felipe Franks. You mentioned the development that he's uh, undergone under uh, Dan Mullen, which has been very impressive. Um, What is the next step? What do you think Dan Mullen would like for him to improve on? I know you mentioned he has his limitations, but Mm -hmm. where do you think he can improve? Well, I think that um, he's done a good job of getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly, and I think that's helped him – um, reduce the amount of time that he holds the football and has to, to process. Uh, it just it basically helps do the thinking for and for him as far as where to go with the football. Um, I think that what they've got to be able to do is, is be able to work the ball a little further down the field. Uh, I think that um, work a little bit outside the pocket a little more, which he can move pretty well once he gets gone. Uh, I think you can get more big plays out of this offense if he's able to become a little bit more um, functional as a a mid and deep ball thrower. He's got a good arm, but accuracy and getting it out on time is is the big issue there improving his game. So I I think that um, he's done a really good job with them, as I've mentioned before, I don't know that this is uh, is it's going to be a huge jump. I, I think that people think that okay, he's cut down a lot of mistakes, and therefore he's going to take the big leap. I don't know that I see that. I, I don't know that that's in his game. I think that uh, I'm not going to say that he's taking him as far as he can go, but I think that we're not going to see as big of a jump. Uh, from here on out, personally. Now, I'm I'm curious to see um, how much better. I think the big thing, Dave, is that for a guy to improve like that physically, you know, was you know, a little toner, a little little more um, leaner. Uh, that's great. Physically, he's got skills. It's just you know the ability to process information a little bit quicker is going to allow him to use those physical skills with um, a, a little more uh, in a little more useful way where he can make more big plays downfield. So I think that's the areas that we need to look at and see if it can uh, gradually improve. Let's talk the other 10 positions. How do you see this offense evolving uh, year two with Dan Mullen? Well, I think it can be – a good rushing attack. I think it uh, the play up front in the offensive line is going to be key. I, I like the five. I think you're going to have going to be young, um, you know, uh, at right guard. 
And I think that uh, with a redshirt freshman, and they've got really three um, freshmen, or, or well, two redshirt freshmen and uh, two true freshmen in the two deep. I worry about them depth-wise. Uh, I think it's a good unit. It's not special. Um, I think good fronts will give them some trouble. You know, uh, I think maybe to some degree this week, but not more more along the lines of, you know, Auburn and LSU down the road. I think there's some issues with good defensive fronts, particularly if they have some depth issues. So you can talk about the receivers all you want. You can talk about the quarterback, but uh, the, the play up front has to be really sound for this running game to go and for this passing game to, to really click off. And then as we uh, preview the matchup, uh, your your thoughts on Manny Diaz as a head coach? I think a lot of people have thought all along that he's a, a bright, young head coach. He is uh, from Miami, um, so it seems to be a great fit. Uh, Manny Diaz, uh, just as, as an X's and O's coach, as, as what he's done in his career, what do you think of him? Well, he is a bright young coach. Uh, I think that it's first time running a program. Uh, he's very familiar with this program. Um, there's a lot of unknown, though. I, I think the biggest thing that you have to make the jump to when you become a head coach is the time management, the organizational structure, the delegation, the overseeing of coaches. Um, those type of things uh, are a little bit different, and, and they're a little bit evolving, and some guys can adjust to it a little quicker than others. Um, I, you know, I think that two things that kind of jump out at me that just did not take place uh, very effectively last year's. We've, ta- we've talked about uh, what I would call a lot of disorganization, uh, a lot of uh, lacking of structure on offense, that led to just a whole lot of mistakes, uh, and that put him behind the eight ball most of the year. Uh, I think that he's done a pretty good job with staff hiring, and I think you'll see an improvement in that area. Time will tell. Um, I think defensively, you know, what ideally you'd like to see is them to become a little bit more sound. They're very aggressive. They're attacking. That's that's Manny's. You know, DNA on defense, that's what he believes in. But I think for them to go forward, it's going to come down to recruiting, which is, you know, I think they're doing a really nice job. Um, And I think that uh, going forward, when that talent level increases, then uh, if it can, then then I think you'll see the program become more sustainable year in and year out. I've always said, you know, if you look at Miami and they've not had – you know, historically when they've been really good, you know, you've had good quarterbacks, sometimes great quarterbacks. But you've also had great <clears throat> defensive players up front that were difference makers. There's there's not enough of those. They're not they're not typical. I mean, Miami was every bit as good or, you know, better in some cases personnel wise than a lot of SEC schools. And they just are they're not. They haven't been for a long time. And so that's got to change if Miami's going to be really, really good again. Heck, they've not been uh, factors in the ACC nearly enough. It's maybe one of the most shocking things that if I go back 
when the formation of the ACC took place, I thought this was going to be, you know, Miami, Florida State every year. In fact, I thought it was going to be, good Lord, there's nobody that's going to compete with those two programs. Um, And, of course, we just haven't seen that with Miami getting there last year. So I think that that how he performs as a recruiter and – um, I think that the program, too, you know, has always been something they've been a little bit behind chasing the eight ball in terms of facilities. So they've got to help him. But, you know, I think he's a, he's a good, bright young coach. Uh, how effective he's going to be as a head coach, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a work in progress. And I think this year we'll see how well he does and, and builds upon uh, towards the offseason in recruiting. Stay tuned, you're locked on SEC Football Podcast. More after this, how the Hurricanes attack the Gators. Stay tuned. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. Continue to preview Florida and Miami. We talked about Manny Diaz. We talked about Florida offensively. Let's talk about uh, the Hurricanes and what the Gators can expect uh, from uh, from Miami when they have the ball. Because um, uh, Manny Diaz is a defensive coach. Do you have any insight as to what they'll want to run? Obviously, the surprise that Tate Martell uh, didn't win the starting job there. Uh, what kind of offense will they bring to the table on Saturday night? Well, and I'm I'm sorry, misunderstood that you wanted to know what what. Uh what Florida's offense is, is bringing, or Miami? No, sorry, Miami. Miami offensively. What do you think the Gators will be facing? Well, I, I think I, I think they want to run the football. Um, I, I think that it's going to be a pro style offense. Stan Enos wants to run um, definitely a pro style offense. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna see them um, run some three. You know, it's going to be an eleven personnel. It's going to be three wides. Uh, you'll you'll have a tight end. It'll be a one back uh, system. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of downhill runs. You're going to see um, some play action passing. Uh, I think you're going to see with the the young quarterback again getting him uh, out on half rolls and um, you know become real effective uh, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Again, I've, I've repeated that over and over again. I think that's imperative early. Um, but you know, as it relates to this game. Um, I think you got to get him comfortable. I think you got to get him comfortable uh, throwing some real short passes. I think maybe taking some chances on early downs, uh, complete the ball. Um, but I do think that um, this could be, you know, a, a much improved offense if they're just a little bit more functional in terms of assignment sound. Um, just the tons of mistakes last year. They've got to clean up. Got a really good. Got a good receiving core led by Jeff Thomas. Um, a really good tight end in Brevin Jordan. Uh, but you know, obviously, starting a freshman, a true freshman at left tackle, a redshirt freshman at right tackle, um, is is definitely going to be an issue in terms of protection. So, how effective Brevin Jordan is going to be? In the passing game, perhaps he's going to have to help uh, and chip the backs maybe as well. So uh, that's that to me is all the more reason why they've got to work the quick passing game and got to at least get Florida thinking 
there's going to be a heavy emphasis on the run because if Florida can tee off, then it's it's uh, it's it's going to be really tough for for this offensive line to consistently block Florida's front. Well, and one thing we know about uh, Florida's defense this year is a really really solid secondary. How much can they lean on that? Well, it's outstanding. As Henderson and Wilson are really good. Um, but, you know, it's and, and they, they'll be able to match up, I think, very well against this uh, Miami receiving core. And, you know, I think David Reese is really effective um, as, a, as a middle backer in both in coverage and against the run. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to come down to defensive front. I think it always does. And I, I think they should be able to match up the outside um, uh, the outside defenders should be able to match up very well in the short passing game, and that's going to be key. They're going to have to tackle well. It's a good unit. I think they, they go three deep, you know, with Hill. Um, you know, they're really good at corner. Um, they get into some maybe some depth issues, but, you know, I think they've got three or four guys that can line up and play a matchup against anybody. Yeah, did, do you think they uh, – is from what you saw last year and the personnel they have, is this going to be – a blitzing Florida team, or is this going to be a, a team that uh, likes to play uh, more zone coverage? What, what do you see out of them schematically? Well, no, Ty Grantham likes to be aggressive. I mean, so he's going to bring he's going to bring a lot of pressure in uh, from a lot of different um, launch points. He's, he brings his blitzes, so he likes doing it. Both of these, both Manny does, and as well as as uh, as Todd. So I. I expect them to be really aggressive again, um, and, and particularly with the corner play, they'll feel comfortable in matching up uh, with those guys. So, yeah, I think they'll be very aggressive and, and employ a lot of different blitz looks, and I think they're going to need to create some havoc, create some pressure. Um, you know, I think you're going to see that continually this year. So I don't know if you do predictions or not, but uh, how do you see this game shaking out? Yeah, I, I like Florida here. I just think Florida's got more pieces in play. And, you know, it's always difficult. Uh, early game, late game, look, there's – there's um, in the season you – know, earlier in the season, though, you've got the tendency for more mistakes. But, you know, turnovers are always a great equalizer. Watch special teams. That's, that is going to be – pivotal. It's where more mistakes are made. Um, it's where you're more likely to see giving up a big play than any of the three phases because you have less time to practice that. Uh, that's the kind of the stepchild of the three phases uh, preparation-wise. Um, but I think Florida is a little bit more talented, a little bit more experienced, um, and I think they should win the game. Uh, and I think this is would be a tougher loss for Florida. I think Miami's still in the early stages. It would be an upset if Miami wins it. There's no doubt about it. It would be a tremendous win uh, for Miami and a, and a tough loss for Florida, who's got obviously higher expectations. I think Florida may be a tad overrated in terms of nationally. I don't think they're they're uh, that close to Georgia in terms of winning the East, maybe in a one-game scenario. Um, so, but early in the year where depth is not as big of an issue, I think Florida should play a really good game. And if they do, they could win it and potentially 
kind of win it maybe decisively depending on how Miami plays it. If both play their best, and I tend to look at this a couple of different ways, both play their best, I think we're going to see a premium on scoring, a premium on field position. I think it's a defensive-oriented game, no doubt, uh, in terms of personnel advantages. Which offensive line can stand up and play the best and hold up? I think that the offensive line that is most likely to be able to handle it would be Florida. So we'll see. Coming up, uh, injury update at LSU. We'll talk some Tigers next year. Locked on SEC Football Podcast. Stay tuned. More after this. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast. We go from Gainesville to Baton Rouge and the LSU Tigers. Uh, it appears as if defensive lineman Breeden Fahoko um, is, is maybe on his way back. What are you hearing about him? Well, they, they, they have definitely uh, got good medical reports about him coming back. Uh, they're hopeful to have him full go starting next week. We'll kind of see how the reps take away and uh, take on in practice. Uh, he's a big part of, of what, they, what they're going to do this year. Uh, and uh, this defensive line is going to be really effective again this year. He's going to be a big part of it, clogging up the middle and pushing the pocket. Uh, uh, some other news I'm, I'm trying to think out, out, out of there. Stephen Sullivan is back. Looked like Derek Dillon, the receiver, uh, was limited in practice yesterday. So um, kind of things going on pretty smoothly and pretty normally at LSU's practice. They're, they're very in, Excited, encouraged, and uh, lots of hopes, and uh, think they're ready to ready to get going like everybody else is. All right, there we go. That's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Have a fantastic day, everyone. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker.